Leagues. Bring it in with me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? I am doing great, Gerard. How are you doing, my man? Good. We are uh, at the end of the preseason, just about. I think the last couple of games finish up the rest of this week. Um, and then next week is go time, Tuesday night. Next Tuesday, we open up with uh, Celtics 76ers, the first game on TNT, followed by Warriors-Lakers. Um, the biggest story still in many ways dominating the NBA early season headlines and, you know, promise listeners, we're not going to talk about this forever. We're going to get into some on-court stuff, but, um, it looks like Draymond Green will be back with the Warriors, uh, this week today, I believe Thursday, um, will play, uh, opening night, um, on Tuesday, which is of course, uh, ring night, uh, you know, when they get their rings for winning the championship, um, in June. And, you know, we, you and I have talked about it, like, and, you know, we, we kind of net out on the same place, even though, like, maybe we take different paths to get there. You know, I want to say this, and there's a couple things I, I want to say about this. First, um, look, the Warriors may not have handled it the way I would have liked them to handle it, but what, what do I matter? I'm just, I'm, I'm just a basketball pundit, right? It doesn't matter what I care, what I think. They believe they've handled it the way they want to. That's on them now. We on this show and many other programs, we laud the vaunted Warriors culture all the time. We talk about how it's a model franchise and how great it is. Well, this incident, as Steve Kerr said, is the the roughest he's had in his entire tenure there. This is going to test that that culture. We're going to see how good it really is. Okay. Now, and again, I don't know what the, this could be a whole dog and pony show they're doing where they bring Draymond back to trade. I don't know. But either way, this is going to test them. You and I say it all the time. NBA season, the storm is coming, right? It, it happens to everybody. Well, this is a storm of your own making, right? You guys made your own storm this year. So it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out for them. Again, I don't know, but, you know, if it goes badly, rightly so, I think we're going to everyone's going to go look back to this. And if they find a way to galvanize and run it back and win again, we'll say, oh, Steph Curry is the greatest leader ever. Bob Meyer, Steve Kerr will laud them with all the stuff. But, you know, it could go the other way. And, and that's a real possibility. So first, you can address that. Uh, I don't want us to not uh, deal with uh, the crisis of the leak part of this. Yeah, oh, yeah, sure we're we getting get to that next. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was my take, Gerard, that my guess is the, the, the decision maker said, all right, we were not going to suspend Draymond before the video was released. We are not going to let that dictate our policy. So we're going to do what we always had planned to do, whatever. They, they knew what happened, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So my guess is they felt like we're not going to let external forces mm-hmm. that have now uh, been inspired by this video and, and, and enraged by it to tell us what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. We think we can handle this. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I just said to you up air, they've earned the privilege of our trust. If you're, I don't, you and I don't care. I, I could care less. I have zero feelings about the Warriors as a franchise. <laughs> I like their players. I'm rooting right. for players all the time. Right. I don't care if it works out for them or not. Right. It's a zero-sum game in this business. Right. When they lose, someone else wins. Correct. And you know, we'll be covering that. Mm-hmm. So this is your decision. We don't care. However, when you put yourself on a pedestal, like we have also put with them mm-hmm. and how you deal with issues, Steve Kerr addressing it as the existential crisis in a sense that it is not quite existential, probably. Um, we'll evaluate that. We you get the benefit of the doubt. You've handled this before. This isn't his first rodeo dealing with Draymond. Mm-hmm. Just never dealt with a head punch before mm-hmm. that we're aware of, and I don't think they've ever had it. So um, yeah, we're going to be critical because what really boils down to Gerard, it, it, as I see it, is okay. Now what happens when he does something fucked up again? Mm-hmm. Because had this not existed, or had we never known about it, uh, then his next fuck up would have been the first of the year. Correct. But now it won't be, and it's following something really terrible. Mm-hmm. So you're asking, it's a, it's, a, it's a challenging situation. Whatever was causing his anger, I doubt that's dissipated. Correct. Jordan pulls money, or whatever it is that's bothering you, probably mm-hmm. still bothering you, Draymond. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry's got a lot on his plate, along with Bob and, and Steve Kerr. And uh, you're, you're, you're balancing on an eggshell you didn't hope to balance on so fast. Mm-hmm. And that's a choice they, they made. Yeah. I, I like what you said, too. They could trade him tomorrow. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. 
The best way to trade him is to sweep this under the rug and sing Kumbaya for the next two months. And the first phone call they get that gives them a quality rotation player. Right. First or, or, or Weissman continues to make the progress he's mm-hmm. making now. Mm-hmm. I wrote about this in our article this week. He looked, I mean, he fucking killed Nurk, who yeah, ain't no good. slouch. Mm-hmm. He out, absolutely made Nurk look like he, he wasn't nearly as good as James Weissman, which should make Golden State fans very happy. Loon can definitely defend fours. Mm-hmm. We don't know if he can pass like Draymond. He's never been asked to do that. Right. He, he doesn't shoot, neither does Draymond. In fact, mm-hmm. Loon's probably better because he shoots even less mm-hmm. uh, from three. So if that happens, well, then they, they can go try to get a draft pick back mm-hmm. or a, a young, another young player for the future. I think everything's on the table. Correct. I think everything for them is on the table, and Draymond's given them permission to trade him if that's mm-hmm. what they decide to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, you and I won't forget this. Nope. The Warriors want us to, sure. but we know what happened. It's yeah. a big deal, and now it's on them to clean it up. We'll see if they do it for sure, and and throw into the mix Kaminga as well, right? As the other that other third piece of mm-hmm. uh, that power forward spot. Mm-hmm. Who you know again? If those guys, well, Looney's already. <laughs> Looney is young, but he's a veteran, right? Like, because yeah. he's been through the, but like, so if those three guys can approximate or even be, guess what? First thing smoking, he's out of here. Yeah. Okay. The leak. So we didn't really address the leak. And, you know, I see a lot of people talking about it from a couple, from really two different vantage points. Why is everybody focusing on the leak? What matters is he punched. The other thing is, no, the leak matters. The leak matters. The leak matters. I want to take a step back and sort of think about how, and not so much us, but we are still fans of the sport, but how fans view sport. Fans view sport as this thing that is an escape from the real world, right? It is a, in many ways, there is a mythical contract between the sport and the fans that consume it, right? We have these superhero athletes that leap tall buildings in single bounds. They're all best friends and hang out on the road and do right. It's you. What, what most fans think of it as is like when I played high school sports, and we're driving on the bus to our away games. It's just like that, but only on planes with multi millions of dollars. Everybody's friends and we're telling jokes and it's all great. No, it is not that. Sometimes it's that with some people, but it's a job unlike anything else. Okay. There's also this belief or, or this, this, this mythical contract that, what goes on in locker rooms and bu- fans may know, but you don't really know because you're not there. Okay. And the leagues are happy to present to you whatever it is that you want to, you want to believe happens behind the locker rooms, but they know this is the real story. What's what, what happens here. There's a reason why videos don't, this is the first time we've seen video of a practice come out like this. There's a reason why, because they don't want it out there for First of all, there's a competitive balance nature of it, right? You're running your sets, whatever. You don't want other people seeing your shit, right? The, the NBA is like Fort Knox sometimes in many ways, right? Secrecy and covering up videos. Again, not of nefarious things per se, but just of basketball stuff. I don't want anyone knowing what we're running until we show up on game day. Fine. So the fact that it's out is important, right? Is it the most important thing? I don't know, but it is very important that that video leak because what's happening is you're getting that third wall up, right? Where it's like, whoa, or you're breaking down that third wall. Now I know what happens inside an NBA practice. And that changes the way in which fans think about and consume this thing they love that they think is this idyllic, you know, uh, mythical place. And the reality is it ain't that, right? It's, It's a group of people who have oftentimes disparate agendas and they have to figure out a way to coalesce. Sometimes that co- it doesn't happen well as we saw on in that video, and sometimes bad things happen. And so I think it is important that the video is out there. Um, it doesn't mean we hate basketball. It just means that, look, guys, like, bad shit happens sometimes, and this was really bad shit. The, the, the challenge is, for, so let me go back. Uh, I just like truth being let out. And um, whistleblowers, if we had a whistleblower in every terrible situation this country has gotten itself into, uh, then maybe we wouldn't be in so many terrible situations. <laughs> corporate malfeasance and government <laughs> malfeasance and everything else. Um, Pentagon Papers, the, the um, Panama Papers, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, those things can come out five years earlier and even better, mm-hmm. or 10 years earlier or more. Um, 
I for as the fans from the fans' viewpoint, they know so little mm-hmm. that even even just this only makes it worse for them. But that's not what the whoever leaked that video wasn't worried about. That there right. was an agenda there, probably sure. one against Draymond Green, probably, and it may be well deserved. I don't know how Draymond treats all the employees there. Correct. That no, might I be don't. a lesson. If I if I if if this if he was a player that I helped, uh, I would say to Draymond, I don't know who leaked it, but they definitely don't like you. Why? What are you doing, Draymond, to mm-hmm. not be liked? Okay. If Steph Curry had done that, I don't think you'd have seen the leak. Although it might have been worth a million dollars at DMZ. <laughs> um, and so let's let's get better at that. I, I I'm a big believer. You know, they always say, uh, you you know, the golf course. Men have always said you can judge someone by how they. Uh, hand themselves on a golf mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. I think it could be anywhere. Right. Uh, let me see how you treat our waiter or waitress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you treat the valet driver? Like mm-hmm. these are little things I look at. Mm-hmm. Um, just as as a sense of your your character, not your integrity, but your character. And so we can get better at that. We can treat everyone equally and fairly and sweetly and all of decently and all that. Um, but to think that there are a lot of people. With, think that now everyone is throwing punches in locker rooms. Right, right. No. Right. When when the whole, was it Crittenden and Arenas with a gun issue? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, that isn't common. Correct, yeah. So fans should not think that it was just because it happened in a locker room. It's an anecdotal situation only. Uh, and uh, I hope I hope that uh, Kerr addresses that at some point and says, you know, to be clear, Draymond's never done anything like this before. Nor has anyone in our locker room ever done that mm. in a practice. We've had skirmishes, we've had pushes, but we've never had a sucker punch to a player's head. Now, you, we, we don't know if that's ever happened before, but if you had to take a guess, could, do you think Kirk could actually make that statement honestly in the media and say that and, and know that it's factual? I think he can, uh, from based on the people I've talked to, Draymond Green has never punched anyone in the head before at practice. Okay. Uh, and the reason why I believe, that's, that's what someone told me that's very much in the know. And the reason why I believe that is because Jordan Poole didn't have his hands up. <laughs> yes, as you, as that to said. me is, that's it. Like, <laughs> like this guy's no sucker. Uh, he, he's seen Draymond uh, uh, be belligerent. Mm-hmm. He didn't put his hands up because he wasn't ever thinking, this guy's going to punch me in the head. <laughs> and so uh so listen uh, who i you and i we don't know what happened in draymond's life we can only guess no and idea. it's just a guess mm-hmm. and i'm not against uh i love the fact that they in the in the release that jordan Poole was consulted mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if i'm jordan Poole, uh i bet he gets his hands up next time there probably <laughs> isn't going to be a next time right, but, but but i bet he'll be ready <laughs> I, and so will everyone else on that team and that's a little unnerving because mm-hmm. now the bully has gotten a little more uh, 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 released to bully more if he wants to. Mm-hmm. He's throwing a punch and was out a couple of days. Is he even fined? Fine. Not that's suspended. it. No suspension. Just fine. That's it. Yeah. How much is he fined? I mean, nothing that's going to immaterially affect his life. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's going to cause some tension. I, I like I like what Steve Kerr said, too, that Kavon Looney's like the – I forget the exact word he used, but – you know, he's our mature guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he has a, the emotional uh, IQ for mm-hmm. our team kind of in his hands. Curry's, Curry's the inspirer. For sure. And Looney was quoted as saying, he's got a, Green's got a long way to build our trust back. He does, for sure. But I also think that uh, grown men, you and I would say the same thing. If you hit our kids or hit our wife, right. uh, girlfriend, then we're done forever probably. Right. If you hit me and we can... Look at each other and I say, hey, you fucked up. Yeah, I fucked up. We probably can move on. Mm-hmm. Don't let it happen again. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you're running the risk of, mm-hmm. like, you get two yellows in a soccer game. You're out for the rest of the game. Right, right. You get one of these, and that, that should have been a red card, but you know right. my point. You fuck yeah. up again, Draymond. Well, now we have to trade you. Mm-hmm. And now your value is not as high and all of it. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope they've asked him to get some counseling. We've talked about it before. Just some, yep. even if it's unprofessional, just some help. Yeah. You can't be, yeah. You, we're grown men. Yeah. We're growing, man. You can't be throwing punches. So I hope that happens. And, and then we can just focus on basketball. Yeah. No, it, it, it again, it, it, the whole, the, the whole thing, just everything about it is just, it, it, I think it, it was so jarring. It was really what it was, right? It, it's just jarring. I think to your point about whistleblowers and look, you know, we understand sport 
is just different than other businesses. But I think what you always say, Coach, is it's not hard to be decent, right? And I think that that's where it's like, it, no matter where you work, everyone should expect a level of decency from the people around them, right? You don't got to be best friends or not, but decency. And I think what falls under decency is you probably shouldn't punch me in the head at work, right? Like, right. If, if, and, you know, and you've read this, uh, Gerard, I know on Twitter, when people said, hey, he, he pool shoved him. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Right, let's, right, Let's right. get in the real world here. Draymond got in his face. Right. Poole shoved him out of his face. Right. Now, had Poole punched him in the chest, right. I'd feel very definitely about the whole thing. I don't right. love that he went for a head punch, right. but the chest chest can hurt. Right. You'll break a rib, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, Poole did, no, did not want to get in a fist fight. Do you think that Poole, I mean, I'm sure you probably think yes, when Draymond got in his face, just turned around and walked away and been like, Draymond, get the fuck out of here. And just like, nope, nope. I think no. Walking away, would, would I know. I think Poole was trying to watch what was going on in practice. It looked to me. And, um, and I think when asked, how does he feel about all this? My guess, Poole is saying, listen, you know, y'all better pay me. No, which sure. I think is probably how they led. Hey, we're, here's the extension we're giving you. And do you mind if Draymond comes back Thursday? <laughs> I think that's probably led it with that, you know? It's like you tell your kids, hey, we're going to make you the broccoli. But hey, we're getting ice cream in a week, you know? Um, I think that uh, Jordan wants to be a team player because he wants to get paid. Yep. Draymond's done a lot for them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the toughest guy in the league, as I see it, is, you know, is Udonis. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the OG, yep, I mean, yep. Jimmy Butler, there's a lot of really tough guys, but there's only one UD in that mm-hmm. way. And I don't think he's ever punched anyone in the head in the NBA. <laughs> I, I know about some things he did in right. high school because he's told me. <laughs> right. Um, uh, and so there's, there's a reason why. You just don't do that. You don't do that. That's not how you lead. And uh, I think Poole is seeing it as, okay, He's dropped as a leader now. Oh, for sure. So here's a chance for Steph's going to do what he does. Mm-hmm. Now Looney can step up. Even Jordan, Jordan Poole is a part of that future mm-hmm. when he gets that extension. So now he can do a little bit more. And so now let's see how Draymond handles that. Because mm-hmm. that's the thing that no one's talking about. Is when does Draymond say, man, fuck this. They're not paying me. I'm not the leader I used to be. Uh, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, are you telling me that can't happen? I Because mean- I'm saying it can for sure. Look, he can't be trusted that way to just think he's everything's going to be fine. We know how Joe Lacob views the Warriors and how he runs that, that, that franchise. He runs it like with that Silicon Valley mindset, right? And he's, I mean, he's looking at Draymond as like, <laughs> I mean, let's be real, right? Rich Paul and Clutch came to him and said, hey, we're looking for an extension. <laughs> and Joe Lacob was like, what? I mean, you got two, you got a year left and a player option. What? We're not doing anything like we're, you're going to ride that out. And I mean, and that, as I said on Monday, that, that incident gives them more license to be like, we're not doing shit, right? You play out your contract. We know that once he, because if there's no extension on the table at the end of this year, which we know there won't be most likely, he's going to opt in because he's not going to not, right? Because that's guaranteed money. And then it becomes, all right, well, you're on the trade market, my friend. Like, you know, that's an expiring deal with 25 mil or whatever it is. We're moving you. You know, I've always thought that one of the problems some players have with uh, analysts is that analysts take emotion out of the equation and just talk numbers. So, Draymond, there is a number that tells every financial guy in the NBA what you should be worth going forward based on a ton of data. Now, it's just a guess. Every player is different. But they, they can come up with a number – and so maybe that extension would be three year, 30 million, mm-hmm. three year, 24 million, three year, 18 million, four year, 32 million, mm-hmm. whatever the number is, it's not going to, he's not going to be happy about it. Right. Cause he thinks of the brand that he is mm-hmm. as opposed to where, what he brings as a player projected going forward. This is not a rule. This is not a bonus salary. Correct. Correct. This is paying for future earnings expected right. for the team from your play. And it's going to be a lower number, which is what I, what I think probably was expressed to his agent is, oh, we'll, we'll extend him for this. Right. But and it was not, a number. Not a no max money. He's not a getting fourth, that. a third, a half <laughs> of what Draymond thinks he's, he's deserving of. Right. And he just isn't that player as much right. as I love him and defensively. Wow. But no, he's just, 
He's not going to age the way LeBron and CP, for example, have aged. He doesn't have the offensive game for it. Very few players get in the. I mean, Henry talked about this all the time, and we know this. The NBA, the way the salary cap works in the CBA, only the older players in the league get those super high $45, $50 million deals, right? Only a handful of guys get paid and rewarded for past performance, right? Like your Steph Curry's, LeBron, Kevin Durant, people like that. Right. Draymond, you ain't that. No, he's odd, not in that level. The odd thing is, though, he's so integral to them right. and what they do. Right. His mindset thinks, but I'm, it's like, yeah, but, but, but you're not, though. And right. that's the reality. You're not those people. Because, again, as much as you do defensively, leadership, all that, your offensive game just does not do that, right? It just it isn't there. So it'll be interesting to see what ultimately ends up happening because I think Tim Kawakami wrote this from The Athletic. Marcus Thompson talked about it as well. Draymond vacated that leadership position. Um, and Ethan Strauss wrote about it a few years ago, the Warriors-Draymond Green problem. This, to me, looks like this is like, you know, the end stages of his time with the Warriors. Just as a, you know, with this incident coming yeah. in again, lo- knowing yeah. the way Lacob looks at business, you're a high functioning employee, but you create lots of problems. I, at some point, it's just ain't worth it for me, right? I, I gotta, I gotta cut my losses. And I think that's where we're ultimately headed towards. Um, Let's get to some on the floor stuff. Coach, you had a great uh, piece come out today with your progress reports. Like, you know, kids, we're at, actually I'm trying to think for school kids now. Well, maybe a little bit early. Although, no. Well, no. My, in, we've been in Florida because it's our school first week of August. August. Right. Yeah. So for, your, for, for, for kids in Florida, they probably already got their progress. We, we need the extra education. <laughs> <laughs> so for kids that start school in September, you might be close to progress report time. Yeah, it's probably weeks. right around that time. Yeah. Six weeks. Okay. So coach has had some thoughts about some of the players he's seeing. Who's getting the check minus? Who's getting the check? Who's getting the check plus? Um, it's early and, you know, unlike school. You got the whole, although actually kind of like school, you got 82 games to ramp up and good things can happen. And, you know, the, the, the good news is that the NBA is you get paid regardless, right? So, I mean, you're, you're getting your check minuses. Those checks still come in on the 1st and 15th. So, you're, you're good to go. Um, we're going to talk about some of the guys specifically as we talk about some of the games last night. But when you do a progress report like that and it's preseason, so I know you view it differently than you view regular season. What are you looking for specifically, especially from guys that came back off of injuries? Right, so so that's what we focused on with the exception of Rudy Gobert uh, in this piece is is the guys that missed all of last year. But let me first answer the – it's a great question about the regular season player, the, the, the player that didn't miss any games last year. Now I'm, I'm looking at just where is he getting his shots? What's his uh, awareness? Uh, how's his skill level look in the previous years? I don't care if they miss. I really don't. Uh, some teams maybe focus more on defense. You wouldn't be surprised to know that the better defensive teams practice defense more. So their shots might suffer a little bit. Uh, they still might be coming up with some nagging injuries going back to training camp. Uh, yesterday, uh, last night, Tyrese Halliburton sat out with lower back issues. He had been playing very poorly, in my opinion. Now I, I may know why. It may be that his back just was tight and he just he just didn't have it. So maybe when he's healthy, he'll be much better. So uh, that's I'm just looking at what – if you're, if you're shooting a great – and you hadn't shot well before, that's a good sign. But if you're not shooting it great, I don't worry about it. That, you know, time will tell. Um, for the injured player, how are they moving? That was a big thing. Where's the rust level at? Uh, some of these players are new and on new teams, like Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. uh, like Kendrick Nunn. Where are you fitting in? Uh, you know, Kawhi was a little bit different. Uh, do, do you have, if you were lower extremity injury, Where's your burst? Where's your explosiveness compared to before the injury? So that, that's what I focus on. Yeah, and, and, and I thought it was great. And, of course, you know, let's start with Simmons because he was at the top of, 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 your, of your list. And the Nets played last night, and I watched that game. And so I, I wasn't watching for win, losses, whatever. But I saw the first two preseason games, and I was like, outside of quarter two against Philly in game one, I was like, uh, this is looking like a team that, like, the thing that Kevin was saying about, where's our compete level? I was like, they were doing absolutely nothing on both ends of the floor. Literally nothing. Aside from that second quarter of that game one. Last night was the first time I saw, wow, actually people trying to play NBA basketball, right? I saw effort. And look, it, effort matters, right? Like, we coach can get into, like, specifics of, like, were they running stuff? Like, at 
Milwaukee doesn't seem like they were really doing that, but they're a team that gives effort. And I saw the Nets give effort. And I saw Simmons look like a guy in his third game who finally turned on the, all right, forget it. I don't care if I make a mistake, whatever. I'm just going to go and be a little more assertive and a little more aggressive. And that's what I saw from him. More assertion, more aggression from Ben Simmons. What did you see from him overall in preseason and specifically last night? All right, so I'm going to give you a, a glimpse into the mind or the the, the history of, of my family and, <laughs> and tell you this, and then that's when we get into Ben Simmons. Uh, when my, my, I'm the oldest of three boys. When my middle brother, Mike, was in a free throw shooting contest, he had won our local area. I had done two that when we were young, and then you, I aged out of it. Now it's his turn, and then you, the sectionals like across the state in a little town called Fort Pierce, like about an hour and a half north of Miami, two hours north of Miami. And so I'm there with my dad, and I think he might be eight, I'm 10, and my dad's next to me. And Michael did not shoot well in the last, I think he did four rounds of 25. He may have, I don't remember, 15 or 25, but it wasn't, it wasn't great. And my brother Mike, who is a genius, got in med school after two years of college. <laughs> so math is not a problem for him, you know? <laughs> Calculus is something he does for fun. He doesn't understand why no one understands it so easily. <laughs> He's just one of those guys, like, what's so hard about physics? So... Uh, the guy next after Mike was in first place, Mike was in second. And once that guy next to, yeah, I was sitting next to my dad, once the guy hit the, the free throw that put him mm-hmm. over Mike, right. Michael looked up to my dad. He, he knew he had lost and he was looking for, up for my dad for some kind of encouragement. And my dad went to the Citadel. He's a military guy. <laughs> he gave the old, our viewers can't see this. Our audio thumbs people down. thumbs down like heavy. <laughs> so that is something we do. In my family, my kids, if you see Max or Rachel give them the old thumbs down, they will laugh their ass off. They love their Uncle Mike, and they love my dad. And it's funny. So to Ben Simmons, to your point, after the first two games, I was going heavy thumbs down. Thumbs down. Like, mm-hmm. Ben, like, I just wrote about you and bad motherfucker, but you're just bad. <laughs> yeah. And not in a good way. Um, he just wasn't at all looking to do anything. He, yeah. He, and so now we get to last night, and I watched it from opening tip. And the first quarter, he isn't even looking at the rim, not even looking. Forget about looking and choosing not to shoot. Right. He, he was Meadowlark Lemon for the Globetrotters, if you remember that, <laughs> yes. which was my favorite. One of my favorite all-time players was Meadowlark Lemon. Um, he just wasn't looking. And then he got a little uh, – uh, he was going left on a ball screen. He mm-hmm. attacked downhill. I put this GIF actually in the article and made a right-hand floater. Not an easy shot for a left-hander. Mm-hmm. A Mike Conley kind of floater. Mm-hmm. And then he missed the next one, but tipped, put, put it back in. Mm-hmm. And you started seeing him. He took only five shots. Mm-hmm. But there was at least a little bit of a glimpse of, okay, mm-hmm. I can do this. And then offensively, early on, he was picking up his dribble a lot the first two games. Mm-hmm. He didn't know what they were doing. He didn't have a feel for stuff. Uh, this game, he was, I mean, at 10 assists, I don't know how many turnovers, not many. No, not many. They ran, they ran really good stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought they, I thought he was the fulcrum of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and then defensively, mm-hmm. uh, as I wrote in my article, there's only the list of, of guys that can really guard Giannis is a short list. There's only <laughs> one dude and Giannis went six for 20 and it wasn't all Ben Simmons, of course. Mm-hmm. But it was a lot of Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. He's he's as quick. He's fucking strong. Mm-hmm. He's maybe inch and a half, two inches shorter, mm-hmm. and pretty close to being as long. And just a really and quick fucking hands and quick feet, mm-hmm. and just and he's tall enough to contest him at the end. And that's why they need him so badly. Mm-hmm. And they even announcers who the, the announcers don't always hit you know singles and doubles, but they, the better ones do. But it was mentioned last night on the broadcast. Uh, I forget who said it. Um, it was Doris Burke and Mark Jones at the broadcast. It was Doris, yeah. Doris said, this is going to save KD from having to guard people like Giannis, mm-hmm. who they were playing against. So I was happy for Ben. Uh, he, he's got a long way to go. Um, we'll get into the social media question because he brought it up. Mm-hmm. My concern is KD publicly said, I ain't no babysitter. That's that's Katie's whole thing. That's his and mantra. Kyrie wants to be his babysitter. Yeah, which is uh, which is probably what you don't want, right? This is like <laughs> like Ben. You went from Embiid, no great teammate in my opinion, at least right. not for him, and Harden, right, to these two guys. <laughs> like he can't catch a break. 
So it, he's had to catch his own break. It, but but is. still, I was encouraged for the Nets that Ben uh, uh, was able to play defense. He, he's such a great hit-ahead passer. He's yeah. such a great passer, period, and a willing passer. Mm-hmm. And he's got a sixth sense for it, like Magic mm-hmm. did. Uh, I'm catching the legacy show on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, you know, I didn't miss any of those games are on national TV. I didn't miss one of them ever. <laughs> so I remember some of these plays. Uh, what a pass for Magic was. Oh, Ben's yeah. got a lot of that in him, mm-hmm. but he's got to be weaponized. Magic was. Yes. You know, remember Magic at 42 as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Ben just doesn't think that way. And he needs to change that. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I want to touch on with Ben is, you know, let's all remember, folks, it's preseason. This dude hadn't played basketball in like yeah. 18 months. It, yeah. No matter how gifted you are, it's gonna take a while for you to get your. And I not think only so. that, it's new teammates. He never played with Kyrie and Katie. He doesn't know what they're doing, so he's got to get. And I thought again in that game last night, I kind of saw him be like, "Fuck it, if we make mistakes, we make mistakes. I'm just gonna we're, we're gonna right. figure this out." And he, and there's a, a way that that unburdens you. In the beginning, when you're trying to figure out, "Ooh, you're thinking the game," and it's like, "Just it, it, no, just play." Yeah. And he played last night, which I thought was great. Uh, Doris mentioned this in the in 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 the um, broadcast, as you said, you know, just look at the rim. Who cares? It and actually, Durant said this about him when I put that full quote in our in our group chat. Who gives a shit if you miss? I, yeah. Who cares? Because again, if you look at the rim, that's going to make the defense. Think, well, he might go up for the shot, right? And even if you miss it, they have to account for that now. Versus now, if they know you're never looking at them, they're always playing the pass every you're time. Playing, you're playing four and a half on five. Exactly. Not five on five, not four on five, four and a half, because he's such a good passer. Exactly. But yeah. if you, even if you miss him, if you're going floaters, they're like, all right, we have to come up a little because he's going to try that floater maybe. And then you can be like that pre natural passing. The yeah. other part with the defense, as you mentioned, of course, 6'10", so he can bother Giannis. And he did at the rim. No, no matter how tall you are, scoring over length is the hardest thing to do. Coach Thorpe taught me that, <laughs> right? Like, it's just difficult to do. So oh, yeah. he, he is a big, tall MFer. And it's hard to score over that dude. And when he's doing that defense, you saw it. The Nets got out in transition and ran. And he is not the type. You know some guys in transition, Coach, they got to be the guy to have the ball and dribble it up. And that fucks up the transition because now everybody's caught up to you. Ben doesn't have an ego with that. Oh, who fire that sucker ahead, right? Like, that's his thing. And if the Nets can do that and harness that, they're going to be so much better this year. So, so much better. Yeah, which is why it'd be nice if KD would be a babysitter. Yes. You know, just mm-hmm. love him up. Yeah. I don't, you know, saying stuff to the press is one thing, but talk to the player. Yeah. Get him to, get him to believe in all of that. I, yeah. I'd like for that to happen. And it's, you know, and maybe you don't have to literally hold his hand, Kevin. That's the right, but no. just as coach said, love him up. Give him that royal jelly. Ben, this yep. is looking good, my guy. Love it. Love it. Keep doing what you're doing. Like, again, he's getting that from you. And get, he's going to be like, oh, K's loving this. I'm good to go. Like, and it'll, make, it. it'll make KD better because th- if they're not guarding Ben, they're sloughing off to help mm-hmm. on KD, whether mm-hmm. Ben is the ball or not. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to create more space for KD if Ben's more weaponized. Yes, absolutely. So it'll be a work in progress. We'll, we'll, we'll see how this goes. So, uh, it's interesting. Uh, something popped up on social media, and we'll talk about social media with the another athlete later. But the Nets had their practice in the park um, on Sunday, and you know they cut videos up with the guys. You know, it's all, whatever. I mean, we've seen this. It's like two hours of stuff, and there's tons of footage, but they can't do everything, so they cut stuff, whatever. And there's a part where Kevin and Kyrie are walking out, and Ben's walking out, and he turns and shoots, and it's an air ball, and of course it's gone all over the place, and everybody's clowning him for it. And Simmons said, even the other day, there was a clip of me airballing a shot at the park. Meanwhile, like 10 guys airball multiple shots. So it's like people will find one clip and try to make that make it everything. Like Ben can't do this or can't do that. Like, come on, man. You think I'm airballing every shot? It's not true, but it comes with it. And you got to have tough skin. And I realize that. But nah, I can't take everything personally. It's social media. And, you know, social media is this kind of thing where, and KD, of course, lives on it. But, you know, that's, that, that's Kevin. LeBron does a zero dark 30 mode before playoffs where he gets off social media. Ben, maybe you want to do a little zero dark 30, right? And just like, cause this is all you're going to find. There are people looking for that thing to, and the thing is everyone thinks they're fucking funny and you're not. Everyone posted that clip. Like none of you are funny or original. Like a Ben Airboy. We've seen it. Ha ha ha. Who gives a shit, right? Just turn that stuff off. Lock in on what you're doing. 
and enjoy actual human connection with real people in your lives. So it'll be going much better than wasting your time looking for people saying, oh, Ben can't shoot. He's this, he's that. It's nonsense. I don't enjoy laughing at someone else's expense, period. End of story. It's not, I, I've said this before, probably in our show. It's why I love Richard Pryor so much. Um, most of his act was about his own wretchedness in living in Peoria in basically a whorehouse. That's, that's how we got to start. Um, he made, he made that, uh, he owned it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's the funniest man. Walked fifth year. That really helped. That I can handle. When you when you make fun of other people, typically, especially specifically, that, that's I'm not a fan of that. And uh, I I saw the air ball. I, I actually know what he did wrong shooting wise. Mm-hmm. None of these fuckers have any idea. Right. He wasn't really shooting the ball the right. way he normally shoots. Exactly. Um, besides leaning backwards on one leg. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're right. Um, I, I help, I help a player who had a really, really good game last night. And, uh, he, I, I know he's not checked his phone because I can tell when he's checked my messages to him <laughs> and I'm so happy he didn't like, don't play great. And then go running to social media. Mm-hmm. And it's possible that he did. My guess is if he picked up his phone, he would look to my messages. Um, I think he just connected with his teammates, which is what you should do. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I strongly recommend that Ben. Stop worrying about that stuff. Just you, you are listen to your own advice. You're saying have tough skin and forget about it. So forget about it. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. It's not helpful. Yeah. Uh, I get I get attacked all the time on Twitter when I make certain comments, not by the same number of fans that Ben has, mm-hmm. uh, so does quote unquote fans. It bothers my wife a little bit. Doesn't bother when you. She looks- I, I I love the way you handle it. You just say. Hey, you can criticize me for being wrong about something. That's fine. No need yeah. to get personal. Like there, yeah. there's just no, no need for that. We're not going to be indecent here, right? Yeah, not on my watch. <laughs> yeah, you can do it with someone else if you want, but not with me. You know. And then if you are, I'm just gonna. You know, I'm done with you. I don't even. I don't know how to block someone, but I just don't engage with them. Happy to engage otherwise. Better be. But I'm also 57. <laughs> yes. So, but that's that's where I really want. That's where I really think KD. I wish he could babysit a little bit because the two of them could grow together. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just stop doing this. If you want to feed your Instagram fans, fine. Right. But you don't got to engage on Twitter mm-hmm. with with mm-hmm. the with idiots who just want to laugh at your expense. They don't care about you. I, I learned. I'll just leave it at that. I learned. Uh, I got salivary gland cancer in in '06 uh, or '07 is when I was diagnosed. If uh, they worked out fine, I didn't have to do much of anything except take it out. Um, but I made a decision that I'm just not wasting time with negative people angry people. Um, I'm not doing it. It's, it's, you know, we're, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Correct. So I just don't want to spend that time with it. And Ben would be so much happier if he just didn't worry about the idiot making fun of his air ball right. on an outdoor court at a right. fundraiser. Right. And by the way, I read the article that he had won the knockout competition. Yeah, there. right, right. Yeah. yeah. So either, either he's making a bunch of 15 footers or right. he's quickly scoring afterwards. Exactly. Like I've seen great players lose knockout against kids. Mm-hmm. Just takes one miss and they make it right after you and you've lost. So yeah, I just take your own advice, Ben. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, you know, as I said, preseason's wrapping up. There've been some games out there uh, happening really quick before we move to this next Pacers. If you're the Nets, they play their last preseason game on Friday against the Timberwolves and they don't play again until next Wednesday. As a coach, what are you doing and what are you thinking about with your team when you have Saturday, Sunday, Monday, right? Another four days off before or five days before you play again. What's that practice like? What are you What are you trying to do to sharpen up for game one? I would take my five starters if I had a definite five starters out. and um, But they'd have to wear – they'd have to dress. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to find out what kind of teammates they are. And now I'm going to try to coach the game as if I'm trying to win the game. And see who I can trust, mm-hmm. and and also where where I where they're messing up, mm-hmm. what, what who what players don't know what plays, mm-hmm. what positions may may they know and may they not know, how are they handling success and failure, how good are they at certain things, uh, you'll know a lot about a, a team a player when you expect him to do something and he fails or succeeds, that goes to the next game. That's that's what I think a lot of teams do. I don't know that they do it the way I described it, but that's what happens is yeah. they sit their main players and. And I think they coach their other guys pretty yeah. hard. And and it's important, right? Because you're going to, as you we know, injuries are going to happen. And you're going to yep. have to know who who are these guys that, right. you know, 
they're going to have to be our seven, eight, nine men uh, off the bench. Knicks and Pacers played last night. It was a pretty good, interesting game. Uh, Benedict Matherin, uh, a Henry Averitt favorite. Uh, we, of course, know Charlie Torres, who worked him out um, for the draft. Coach, he got to the free throw line 12 times. Um, I, 11, and, 11 or 12 from the line? Yep. That's a number I always look at. How, oh, man, you're drawing fouls and getting the line? Ooh, that's that's something that, that, that tells me something. Um, he's scoring uh, inside off contact. Um, he's super athletic. I, 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 again, preseason, I'm not losing my mind that the Pacers are going to stink, but he seems like he might be a player. So I did not love him coming out as an, as a true alpha wing mm-hmm. dominating player because he's not long. Mm-hmm. And so I was worried about his defense. Uh, I, I may be wrong. We'll see. I'm not, 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 not defensively. I didn't see anything defensively yet, but, um, he can really score. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't think he knows what he's doing yet. Some guys do. He doesn't. But uh, Charlie has done a hell of a job. This guy's a finisher. And he's a good ball handler. And he's super quick and can change directions in the blink of an eye. And he's all over the rim on you. If you're coming downhill, you're in trouble. He's not Giannis, but he's like a 6'6 version that way. Mm-hmm. He's coming. And he shoots it beautifully. Yeah. 11 or 12 on the line. That's great. That power, speed, combination, quickness. Uh, combines into a player's hard not to foul. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's got the green light, which almost probably drives Rick Carlisle crazy some. <laughs> but, uh, but it's okay. He's got to learn. And uh, they, the Pacers may have themselves a hell of a score. He, he can really score. Do you think Indiana is a good place to develop and incubate talent? I do not. But, <laughs> but I think that uh, that can change. Rick's been a good coach in, in his life for sure. There's lots of rumblings as to who's are they selling the team? Oh, yeah, who's yeah. going to run the team? Like, yeah. I, I, there's a lot we don't know yet. Um, but uh, I, I mean, Ben, who, who I don't think Indiana has developed Ben to this point. Correct. Charlie has or whoever. It's working. Mm-hmm. Like it's working. So he's just got a lot of his scoring moves. His his euro step is great. His deceleration's terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, he's so strong. Such a powerful guy. Yeah, I think. Uh, they they got themselves something there, and Andrew Tyrese Nemhard. didn't play, yeah, and then Nemhard, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So Tyrese didn't play, uh, and so Nemhard backed up T.J. McConnell mm-hmm. and scored thirteen fourth quarter points. Yeah, now, I know Andrew too. very well. I talk to him almost every day. Um, he he uh, had nine assists, yeah, um, and could have had maybe thirteen, fourteen guys missed some pretty easy shots, but that's part of the game. But the most important press, most impressive thing is he guarded Brunson well. Blocked his shot, guarded quickly, well, had two blocks, two steals. Looks to be like like this. I, I think Andrew's got all star potential, like like Brogdon did. Mm. Things got to go right for him. He's mm. not going to score twenty five a game. He's not Fred VanVleet that way, but uh, he's a two way stud lead guard. That's a brilliant. I said this during the draft. He's the best pick and roll player in the draft. I was quoting a coach who told me that in the NBA. It was also my opinion, but he knew more than I did because he had watched more players and said, oh, he's the best pick and roll guy. So, so now let's talk about the Pacers. They got Miles Turner. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if Tyrese comes back healthy, which they're expecting him to, uh, they've got Buddy Heald mm-hmm. and TJ McConnell, who uh, both those goes, both of Buddy and TJ could help other teams. For sure. That are in contention. Contention, same as Miles. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You, they, they, Isaiah Jackson is a really athletic a young player. Very, he had a couple of great dunks last night. Um, but they're, they probably should be in the victor sweepstakes. I, I think so. And they can get some more picks and young players with Buddy and Miles. I don't, I don't know that I want the Lakers. I don't think the Lakers will do it. It's too expensive. Right. Now, maybe later they'll do one. But um, maybe someone else will give them two. And, and they have Duarte as well, who played well last year. I like them. Chris Duarte. Yeah, he's yeah. a good shooting guard. Yeah. I, I think you're right. The Pacers, look, Rick's going to hate it because he, you know, losing is not something he likes to do. But if they figure out who, if they're going to sit, Cole's going to sell the team. And what? Is it Kirk Cole owns the Pacers? Um, Simon. Simon. Sorry, Simon. I was thinking about the Milwaukee, old Milwaukee owner. Right. Um, whoever they decide is going gonna, is gonna to own it, figure out who's running the team. Yeah. Okay, you, you might have something there. You get in the Victor sweepstakes, and you come back with Duarte. Maybe you get Wembenyama. You got Matherin. You got Nemhart. Well, now we're talking. And you, got, and you got Halliburton. Right, Halliburton. We can do some stuff now, right? Yeah. So 
this is, you know, we'll, we'll see if, if, if they're smart enough. On the Knicks side, um, Obi Toppin got some playing time. Finally. Ooh, <laughs> He's played a couple times this preseason. I know. Well. I, I just like to kill Tibbs for not playing them. Playing them more. He's such um, an athlete, man. He, oh, my. As he I can said, shoot, too. In, in our document, he's so springy. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, he can shoot, too. Oh, my God. He can shoot. Like, he can shoot threes. He can dump on your head at the rim. Like, this is – this guy needs to play. It's like I, I'm done with the Evan Fournier experience. Like, I, he's cool. Like, I don't – he is what he is. Like, I, we know Evan Fournier's ceiling. I, we've seen it. It's fine. Right. Let, let these other guys play and cook. I just – uh, RJ was RJ was good. RJ was good last night. I liked RJ last I think night. Yeah, twenty one. Yeah, solid player. Really good in transition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he and Nemhard were teammates at Montverd. It's pretty. Those those teams are pretty damn good when you think so about these teams. Montverd is in Florida, right? That's where. Yeah, Simmons, it's just outside Orlando. Went. Okay, so yeah. it's like a basketball yeah. powerhouse in, in the Kate state of Cunningham, Scotty. Yeah, so basically, okay. my my longtime friend Kevin Sutton, okay. uh, who helped coach Dennis Scott back in the day as oh, an wow. assistant coach okay. at Harker, I think it was uh, Flint Hill. Um, Kevin took over Montverde. He's a college coach now, and uh, and and turned it into what it is, and then left. And Kevin Boyle took over. I'm actually hoping to catch a practice there at some point before I go see my daughter some weekend okay. in, in okay. Orlando because it's on the way. And yeah, and they run basically it's a college team. Yeah, so they're just <laughs> loaded with talent, really good practices and all of that. They're loaded this year. Um, but yeah, RJ I thought was good. Um, I like Hartenstein, Mitchell Robinson. By the way, I tweeted mm-hmm. this. He he was unbelievable in the paint defensively. Unbelievable. If he Listen, can keep that up, he'll have a chance. Let's let's just play Mitch. And look, Cam Reddish didn't shoot it well. Played twenty one minutes. He made um, play pretty good though. He, I thought he played well. Like and as you said, I'm not worried about missed shots right now. I liked where yeah. he was getting the shots. Yeah, I, I've seen him score thirty seven points in a playoff game, so I know he can shoot. Right. Like it, you miss shots sometimes. Whatever. I thought he was pretty good. I just hope that Tibbs doesn't do the thing where it's like, oh, you didn't look right, right in preseason, he and young. he shelves him for fifteen games, and you know. We are where we are with them. Um, Lakers. So a couple things about last night. Uh, they lost that game to Timberwolves. Um, yes, yes. And, and Minnesota didn't have Rudy or Cat. Correct. But but uh, the Lakers didn't play any of their players in the fourth quarter. Also correct. Um, and they played Dennis Schroeder, who just got off the plane from Germany. <laughs> they just <laughs> threw him in. Like yeah. I, he's not been there at all. Hasn't been there. He, he's in shape because he played Eurobasket, but you know he hasn't played with the with these guys and no, you know no. done anything with that. But there is a glaring problem. Oh, yeah. oh, Go yes. ahead. So two videos emerge from. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. There's two. You yeah. You Ooh. saw the one. There's two. Okay. Ooh. Breaking news. <laughs> so so to start the game, you know after the player introductions, all that everybody does their you know teams do their huddle thing and guys are all there. They're getting hyped up. Whatever. Everyone on the Lakers players are. In the huddle, I guess it's LeBron or AD in the middle, like talking, doing a thing. Russell Westbrook is at the bench. Warm-ups are already off. He's just like, and then walking towards the scorer's table. Not, and I'm just like, okay, Russ, that may be your whole, how you do things, whatever, but that ain't a good look. And then you sent the video of during the game, a foul call was called, I yeah. believe. And Patrick Beverly was like, just quickly getting the guys together. Like, hey, hey, real quick. Russ would not come into the huddle with everybody else. Pat Bev was there. AD was there. LeBron the was there. Yeah. Except, all the way on the court. Yeah. All four. Except, except for Russ. Yeah. yeah. You know, I like to, I love to tease Coach and Henry about all that lovey-dovey shit doesn't matter, blah, 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 whatever. Look, man, that ain't a good look, okay? If everybody's just – real quick, let me just get this over to you guys. It's just a defiant nature that – and look, I get it, Russ. You're angry. They've been trying to trade you. You're – we get it. We get it. But, dude, just dude, just play the good soldier. Just do, you know, go to the huddle. If you don't want to listen, don't listen. But, like, at least just go to the huddle. Do what you got to do. Put on the right front. Like, it's just, it's not a good sign for him when they eventually trade him, which they will do. Like, what's a team going to, like, who's going to want to pay you money to be a part of it, to be a part of anything? Because what it, what it reeks of is, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. <laughs> right? And that's just... You're not that guy to have that kind of gravitas anymore. It's a bad look. Uh, because my wife is now working uh, after the pandemic when the kid's gone, um, I have to go to the grocery store sometimes. Because <laughs> she, she's an amazing cook and may forget some spice or whatever. And so I'll run over there. It's a three, four-minute drive to a we call it Publix. It's a very good store. Publix is fantastic. Yeah, they're great. And... Um, and I always think about the cashiers. 
sometimes they're they got to be 70 years old, mm -hmm. male or female. Um, I've seen some of the cars they get in when I show up after a shift's over. Uh, man, you would never know what their life is like at home. Mm -hmm. And and some of them might have great lives, of course. But we know they got stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And you never see it. I, I mean, You never see it at the grocery store. Uh, and they're making, in their whole lives, less than what Russell makes in any one year. In any for one day, sure, maybe. Probably. <laughs> and so I, I don't get it. I understand your point. If we get it, you're frustrated. But how dare you show us? How dare you? If you're a minimum deal guy, good luck with that. But but now that you're being paid what you're being paid, and this is how you handle it when you've sucked in the past, uh, I you got to say goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. Russell, I, I, I actually thought of you last night, Gerard, when I'm watching this. <laughs> I thought, man, Gerard was really trying to pit me out as, uh, as, the, as the Laker believer <laughs> when no one else believing him, and I feel so badly that I'm so wrong. <laughs> but in my mind, as stupid as I am, I keep thinking about the Lakers sans Russ. Yeah, yeah. And I realized watching last night, oh, my God, I, I think I'm wrong. I think they're going to keep this guy. And they're <sighs> fucked. If he, he sucks. His decision-making stinks. He's super quick at the point of attack sometimes, super athletic at the rim sometimes. He, he doesn't get it. He doesn't want to get it. You got to ask him never come back at our facility again. We'll call you when we have a place for you. That's what you got to do. They don't need him. Yeah. They're way better without him. Yeah, it's and this is you know this is a sad look. This is a person who. It's so funny how narratives and things about you change, right? Durant leaves in 2016 in free agency in July to go to the Warriors. All of a sudden, Russ becomes the media's poster boy. Like he stayed after his best friend left. You know all that silly shit that that they feed into fans when let's they're, just, they're coworkers, not best friends, right? <laughs> And Kevin Durant, of course, reagent, well within my right to leave and go seek yep. employment elsewhere. Right. But Russ is the guy who stayed. And then they did that farcical thing of making him the MVP that season, right? Because he averaged triple-double. And I say farcical because he did it three more times, did not finish in the top five in MVP voting. So you don't really care about triple-doubles. All right. So you go from that high. And let's, be too, let's also be fair. Russell, in his peak, was an excellent Incredible player. player. Yeah. First Hall of Famer. First, First Hall of Famer, multiple All-NBAs. Most athletic point guard in the history of basketball. Without question. In my opinion. He ain't that anymore. And now it's like, what a fall from grace. And I have to ask, Coach, does he have a place in this league going forward? When this deal ends this year, this last year he's opting in, and he's done now, who's signing him as a free agent and for what? Well, it's an interesting question. So there was a period of time where Melo, uh, Carmelo Anthony, mm -hmm who to me is the only mellow, uh, he, he was not going to come off the bench. Mm -hmm. And then he was home for a long time. And now do you think he come off the bench? I do. <laughs> he changed his body mm -hmm. and uh, hung, out for, hung out for a little bit longer. Probably done now. Probably, not for sure. Russell has had to really transform himself to, to be brought in, in my opinion. Because yeah. the teams bring him in, is doing it because they need a point guard and they're trying to contend. Right. And even for a minimum deal. Yeah. And I wouldn't trust him to do it. He, yeah. I, he's just too obstinate uh, in, his, in his ways. And, and I'll tell you this, that's such an energy suck. Mm. And watching the game last night between the crowd and the team, like AD was subbed out six minutes ago or so in the first quarter and just kind of walked to the bench. And I just thought, God, he doesn't look happy. He played very well last night. He's had two great preseason games. But he doesn't look energized. Well, how could you? When you know you got to deal with this guy. Come on. Come mm -hmm. on, Russ. Mm -hmm. It's not about you. I know you want it to be about you, but it's been about you enough. Yeah, yeah. But you, you're making it about you when it should be about us, and it's going to come at our expense, and we shouldn't – they shouldn't put up with it. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how things play out with the Lakers. Because um, I think you're right. Like, basketball-wise, if LeBron and AD are healthy, with the, I think they'll be fine. But the Russ piece – and that's why they got Pat Bev and brought back Tetris Schroeder. Pat Bev looks good. Kendrick Nunn looks good. I like Thomas Bryce at the five, who mm -hmm. looks like he's kind of earned that spot, although they may start AD at the five, mm -hmm. <laughs> even though AD, after the game, AD said, uh, <laughs> well, I'm quite sure Darvinham knows I don't want to be the center, <laughs> but I'll do what I need to do. But he, he looks really good. I love Austin Reeves. Yep. 
Uh, and I think he's really good. Um, Henry's calling me right now as if he forgot we do a show. <laughs> Maybe it was a mistake. Um, I think that uh, I'm going to text him. <laughs> We're doing so listen, right just now. know I'm reclining, replying. I'm doing a show right now. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Henry, wake up, Henry. Uh, so I think that um, I, I don't want to say you John Walla, John Wall him because John wasn't a jerk. He wasn't. But it, but he was asked. To, he was paid to stay away. We don't need you. We don't mm-hmm. want you. We want to get a better pick. Got Jabari Smith out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you got to just say, stay home, man. Yeah. Like, thank you. Stay home. What a disastrous trade that was to get him. Yep. Don't, don't make it worse by continuing to play him. Yeah, w- w- without question. Um, I want to do a couple of things rapid fire as we start wrapping up. Um, Miami Heat. We know Spo loves to tinker and use the preseason laboratory. Nikola Jovic. Jovic, folks, not Jokic, Nikola Jovic. Jovic, yeah. Um, he might be a thing. Playing him with Bam, I was like, I was liking some of the stuff Miami was doing last night. He can shoot it, he can pass. Like he's he seems like he knows what he's doing out there, coach. Another another person that seemingly anyone could have probably had in the league, but the Heat found him. I was speaking to an agent late last night uh about uh his client who was drafted after the first round, who's had a very good preseason. And he is so pissed at all these teams who took somebody else in the last 10 picks of the first round and his client's doing much better in preseason. I get that. <laughs> and then he said, but that Jovich guy is really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I swear to you, John. It's like, you do talk. He's like, yeah, that dude's legit. I said, oh, he's legit. Yeah. And Spoh's really good at using that kind of stuff. He, he knows how to use his talent. He, he does. And, you know, Miami will be good again, right? They're, they're, they're going to be, I think the big thing for them is going to be managing Lowry and Butler's yeah. minutes and games. And then have them, and then Lowry still got to play well. He, yes. he was bad last year, but he had a personal issue, they said, so hopefully he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cavs, Hawks, really quick. You know, a lot of, you get names and you're like, oh, this is going to work. All right, Trey Young, DeJounte Murray. And you're like, oh, right. But as we know, basketball isn't a video. It's not 2K. You don't just take turns. All right, my turn now to get the ball. You got to run stuff if you're, if, if, if you're, a, if you're a team. What would you run as an offense if you had DeJounte Murray and Trey Young? Because I saw a lot of Trey Young standing in the corner. We didn't have the ball. And I'm like, bro, I don't think that's very good. Well, I, it's stretching the defense a little bit for, the, for sure. But I, I like the – I think too many teams play the wrong way. I think they just try to uh, space it out and let and run go one-on-one. On one. I don't yeah. like that. I don't mind pick and roll so much, but I'd rather have movement into mm-hmm. pick and roll. Mm-hmm. So there's – one of the things I used to like to do way back in the day is I'd run actions or a play to get into an action, or I'd run an action first to get into like a play. I like that contrast where uh, we're running a trigger, make you react, and then we're going to run our offense, or we're going to run an offense, then run a play out of it when I've got the defense distorted. I, I think the NBA team should be doing that like they do in Europe. And so you've got two amazing ball handling attackers. Mm. And then that great shooter and Trey and some other guys on the team that can only shoot. I think they could run more nuanced stuff. Um, and maybe they will in time. Um, Judge just got there. Yeah. But yeah. I would add stuff all the time. But yeah, they, they Trey off the ball. I mean, run, run pick and rolls with the only, you know, a single side guy, one guy on the side, and that would be Trey. Mm-hmm. So now what are you going to do? Because the thing about guys like Trey is, I was telling a, I was telling a player yesterday, I like, uh, uh, we call it, you know, gap protection. So I'm guarding a shooter. You have the ball up top. You're driving towards me. I'm going to stunt at you. I'm going to, I want you to think I may come help. I may not. The problem is if you're guarding a Trey Young, a Steph Curry, some of these great shooters, as I stunt forward, they're moving farther away from me. I can't recover in time. Mm-hmm. You really have trouble stunting when you're guarding an elite shooter that moves. Mm-hmm. Some guys don't shoot as well when they move. Those guys do. So I think you can run some single side ball screen action where, Anyone stunting on the attacker who's DeJounte, who's very good at that. He's so good one-on-one. And, and so to, to, Trey's man leaves. As he's taking one step towards DeJounte, Trey drops more towards the corner. I wouldn't start him in the corner. I'd end with him in the corner more mm. so. Um, and that, they can figure that out in time. Yeah. I think they will. I, okay. I actually like those two together yeah. a lot. And, and it's, yeah. you know, it, as we said with Simmons being on the nets, like you don't just put people together and all of a sudden it works. You know, I think people got get fooled a lot, right? They think of like, well, how come Durant just got the Golden State and it worked so perfectly? I'm like, because Durant may be the best plug and play player that's ever existed in the history of basketball. Like, you know, he don't need to dribble. 
catch, shoot. Like, it, it just works, right? But other people who are ball dominant, you got to kind of figure this stuff out. It's going to take a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, we're continuing with your progress reports. Zion Williamson, we're, we're, we're high on him. Um, he looks good. Um, he did hurt his ankle, but after the game said he was fine. I was thinking about something. Zion, and we're getting into Coach Thorpe's big basketball brain, which, by the way, stay tuned for that. Something something coming coming from Coach Thorpe's big basketball brain. Let's hope, anyway. <laughs> Zion was like a 28% usage player when we saw him last, almost basically borderline All-NBA. CJ is like a 30% usage guy. Brandon Ingram's about a 30%. That's a lot of usage, Coach, like for three dudes. If you were designing offense for New Orleans, how do you run offense with three basically 30% usage dudes? I, I definitely like a uh, a free flowing kind of thing where um you're not just isoing any one guy. Uh, CJ's not a very good passer. Ingram's a pretty good passer and a willing one. CJ's willing; he's not very good at it. Zion's both. Mm-hmm. He's willing and he's good. So, but if you start with, if start the ball in Zion's hands, it's easier to defend than if guys are moving and you know just like the Warriors, like the the Jazz uh, blender and the and the uh, Warriors Cuisinart aren't like. Get them all moving, and you can have a top three offense. Valanciunas can shoot the three. Mm-hmm. Zion doesn't need to shoot the three. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope he's healthy, but uh, I think that they're about to go on a hell of a run this year. I, I really like so. their team a lot. I think so, too. Into your point, yeah, it, it, it's that, that motion. So I think if you do that, and I loved how you pointed out in your piece, you did Zion's like 12 offensive possessions, and he either scored or got fouled on every single one. Yeah. Which is like... Yeah, and they're running different stuff with him, which is good. I like. I wrote that. I, I think I. I think I even kind of diagrammed mm-hmm. all the different ways they're utilizing him. That's great. That's great because you can't just lock in any one thing with him in the scouting report. You have to defend him in multiple situations, different plays on the court, coming off different actions, surrounded by different players mm-hmm. uh, with different skill sets. Uh, I. I think he's got MVP potential. I hope his ankle's okay. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think he will be. Um, he said after the game he felt fine. Um, you know, looks, we talked about this a couple weeks ago on our MVP previews. I think now the odds have gotten a little bit lower, but still plus two thousand on Zion Williamson. So for those of you betting people out there, bet a hundred bucks, you win two thousand. <laughs> like that's that's what yeah. that means. Like he he needs to follow what we said about Ben not paying attention to Twitter though. Yes. Yeah, so so it's yeah. interesting. So uh, Zion, a great piece came out about him. Um, Howard Beck. How Howard Beck on the Sports Illustrated wrote yeah. it. Thank you. Um, and really what was going on in, in how Zion was getting to a dark place. And Henry talked about this where, you know, you were you, you weren't here that one episode, but he talked about the lyrics that Zion was reading uh, from Notorious B.I.G.'s Ready to Die album. It seemed like he went through some stuff last season. Um, oh, I, I – we yeah, I told Henry this. Um, I had some really good sources very close to him saying exactly that. Like, yeah. like it's really, really bad right now. Uh, I had sources very close to him telling me he may never want to play basketball again. Wow. Others said he doesn't want to just play with the Pelicans again. Well, neither turned out to be true right, right. now, which is great. Mm-hmm. First of all, young people can change their minds. Of course. But that's what depression does. It really, it, you know, Bruce Springsteen has no reason to ever be depressed. But Bruce has written about the days where he just can't get out of bed. This is one of the greatest rock and rollers of all time who – who could buy islands if he wanted to all day long. Like life should just be puppy dogs and ice cream for Bruce Springsteen, but he suffers from depression. I'm not saying Zion suffered from that, but you remove the thing he loves most in the world, which is playing hoops mm-hmm. in a city he'd never been in before. And it just weighed on his, on his yeah. soul. It, it doesn't look like it's that way. Now he's having fun. It does. And it, it looks does. good. You yeah. Know, same as John wall who was yeah. really down. And John even talked about the same she thing. He thought about suicide. suicide. Yeah. Yeah. And now John, uh, now John is doing the Dougie mm-hmm. and dancing it up. It looks great. I wrote about him too. Um, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. You're not trying to win a war. It's supposed to be fun. Compete your ass off, but you're lucky. You're privileged to go have fun doing it. And when, when you normally players play much better when they do. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about this at the beginning of the show, right? This yeah. idea of funny how when your mind's in a good place, you play way better. And, you know, for Zion, he, that, I don't know why they didn't call it Jones fracture, but that Jones fracture, he suffered a setback with it. And basketball is the thing that these guys love the most, as coach said, like you take that away from them. And he was like, wait a minute, my foot may never heal the right. I may never play hoops again. And then you got to deal with all the speculation about everybody saying, ah, he hates everyone. He doesn't, he's aloof, doesn't want to talk to his teammates. He's this, he's that. 
they were, you know, he said they were attacking my family, my brother, people asking him questions. He's eight. All of that weighed on him. And it's like, you know, guys like Zion, right? When you're the, ne- the next face of the league, right? Uh, and it's like all this stuff gets, gets thrusted on you at 19 years old. It isn't just some linear thing. All right, now I'm a man. I know how to handle this. That's not how this shit works. Like at 19, you, you just do dumb shit and you don't know. You're still learning about yourself, right? For sure. He's trying to figure things out and then he's to deal with all of this on top of it. And also learning, how do you be a professional, right? It's a very right. different thing. He got with CJ. CJ talking about, bro, this is this is how you do things. And from all, right. from all accounts, he's been in Fort Lauderdale for a large part of the summer, working with a personal chef, just is in working with his workout guys and just taking the craft of basketball like a job because that's what it is. This is your profession. Yeah. And I think we'll see some different things from him this year. I'm hoping, and uh, he talked about the the because uh, he tur- turned his ankle some yesterday, and they mm-hmm. sat him out. They're just being cautious. Yeah, which they should. And be. Uh, yeah, he talked with the Twitter doctors yeah. and Zion. Stay Who away cares from cares what these guys say. Yeah, just uh, avoid yeah. it. Yeah, and it's tough, right? Because these guys, this is the this is the period that they've grown up in. They don't know a world without right. this. This right. is what this is what they do. Right. Ben talked about this. Right. Simmons did. Yeah. This is their yeah. life. They they are right. of the digital age, so it's. Very tough, but you know, you, you gotta kind of have that tunnel vision and lock that stuff out. Um, all right, folks, we when we talk to you next, it's going to be literally NBA opening night, tip off night. Uh, it's like Christmas, <laughs> we're we're gonna be excited for that. And then it's gonna be league pass and all. Uh, real quick, coach, what I mean, of course, we want little to no injuries as possible, but you know, it's basketball. What, what are you most looking forward to this upcoming season? Uh, the parody of anyone beating anyone, uh, you know, a team like Orlando or even Indiana, if they keep healed and TJ and Miles, if they can, uh, you know, be within five, six games of 500, it means they're beating some good teams. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I love the idea of the eighth seeded team is four games out of first, mm-hmm. you know, come February. That would be incredible. And and that could happen. That that could be a reality, right? I think we're going to see yeah. a lot of teams jumbled up, and it'll yeah. make the races a little bit more fun Every, down the make stretch. Make the games more important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, folks, have a good weekend, and we will see you all next week. Take care.